This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hello and welcome to a very special edition of the Wildcat Scoop podcast. I'm your host, the elated Shelby Shear, with... So, so, Jason. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> wah, wah, wah. Look, uh, this is Jason Shear, who is currently drinking a cup of coffee and uh, is about to make a sandwich for dinner at 11 o'clock at night when we're done with this. That's where my life is at. Yeah. Uh, 24 hours. No, not 24. 12. We're, we're very no. discombobulated. Like 16. <laughs> no, wait. 18. No, because the time, 15 hours, 15, right? Before Selection Sunday. Yeah. Whew. Yeah, we've had a night because, as we all in Wildcat Nation are aware, Arizona just defeated UCLA 84-76 to to win the Pac-12 championship. They also are the regular season champions. Leave they, no doubt. They are amazing. It'll be interesting to see if they get a one seed. I did say <laughs> in the podcast, actually it wasn't even last night, it was early this morning, the same day, we're what doing two sleep? podcasts. Um, that Arizona would win. Jason picked UCLA to win. Two podcasts. Two podcasts. Uh, so Jason, I think that was You're his, welcome. That was his little jinx. He always does. You know, if you follow Cody, um, James Martin on Twitter, our good friend, he also does the same thing the whole game. But it yeah, works. Yeah, don't do that. That's miserable. It is. It actually isn't very fun. But we are so happy. Um, I do have some video of Jason dancing and being happy and crying. Look, my daughter had a friend sleepover. She said, we're the coolest parents, or we're the coolest sleepover ever because of the way we yell. We were literally... And it was like the <laughs> biggest, it was the biggest compliment anyone's ever paid me, to be honest. Oh my gosh, it was so great. Um, I was worried this little girl was going to call her parents and have her come get her, but... But now we're her parents. Yeah, we. she lives here now. So anyway, <laughs> I'm sure that everyone is elated as I well, not everyone, Shelby. Except UCLA fans. Not but we'll get to that. Everyone. We'll get to that. Oh my God, there's a lot to unpack. But first, how gutsy of a performance was this by Arizona tonight? Tommy Lloyd, who we've now established is a crier. With respect, I Tommy. Love it. Tommy's a crier. Um, <laughs> uh, my, my, our dogs are killing each other. Um, Tommy Lloyd, who is a crier, uh, broke out, got a little, didn't break out tears, but got emotional when you talked about how gutsy of a win because look Arizona went into this without its starting point guard and Kirk Risa uh in the first half I love Adema Ball and we'll get to him in a minute they had to play him nine minutes in the first half they're in foul trouble they have no actual point guard in the game they find themselves down 12 and they won this game and a lot of teams in this situation would have said you know what we're gonna pack it in or it's just not our night. And Arizona did the opposite. Um, you know, they could have got frustrated by the fouls and all that. Uh, that's literal. There's a dog war. Uh, they could have got frustrated by the fouls and all that, but they didn't. And they kept playing. And a lot of lesser teams um, would have lost. And the thing that got me was, you know, it, it, he said it well, is David Woods over at 
the UCLA site basically said, if you're playing UCLA, you can't have any bad moments. You can't have any bad playing. You, you get down for five minutes, the game's over. Because Arizona is too good of a team. And he's right. Like, Arizona, UCLA played well, except for like a five-minute span in the second half. And, uh, and that was ballgame. That was, that was enough for Arizona. So, you know, not a lot of people, you know, people saw Kirk Creasa get hurt or whatever and said, that's it. They can't win. You know, I, I didn't pick him to beat UCLA. Um, I thought they could, but, you know, I didn't pick him to beat UCLA. But um, they played some of their best basketball of the season tonight, and that's pretty crazy to say in this situation against a UCLA team who's really good. Like, I think people are kind of overlooking UCLA because of how Arizona won. UCLA is a really good team, which makes it even more of a – a gutsy, sweet gutty. victory. Boom! Suck it, UCLA. Okay, well. Sorry, I just had to get it out. Shelby's one oh white claw down, and God help us all. Oh my God, I just hate UCLA so much, and I'm so happy. Like, okay, well, we're all fired. Phew. Now. Anyway, uh, but yeah, good job, UCLA. <laughs> I'm trying to like care, but uh, we did have an interesting situation tonight because our point guard is out. When you said situation, I got the Usher song in my head. The backup point guard got into foul trouble early. So guess who had to step in? Dalen Terry was forced to play point guard more than ever. How did he do tonight, Jason? Situation. You're just singing now. Will arise. What is that song by Usher? Yeah, see, I'm not. Anyway, who are we talking about? Dalen Terry. Dalen Terry, yeah, Dalen Terry. Uh, 15 points, 7 rebounds, 7 assists, no turnovers. Let me repeat that for the non-point guard Dalen Terry. 15 points, 7 rebounds, 7 assists, 2 threes, no turnovers. Every player that played legit minutes in this game, uh, Umar, I guess, played 20 minutes and didn't turn it over, but um, he, he was the man. Like, he, you know, Dalen Terry, to me, the fact that he didn't make the first team, all-tournament team, was just stupid to me because he was clearly one of the top five players in the tournament, whatever, Jules Bernard. Um, but he changed that game. Like, he changed that game 100% in the second half with his intensity. And I'm not sure there's a player in the country that has as much fun as Dale and Terry. Like, when he makes the great play and he sticks out his tongue and he's smiling. and he's Not only the, that, blue Gatorade tongue. Right. And he throws Gatorade on, or water on Tommy Lloyd. And after the game, he's on Instagram live streaming, celebrating. Like, the dude just has fun. Absolutely great human being. Um, but to me, he was the, the difference in the game. There were a lot of guys that played well. Ben obviously played great. But to me, when you really look and dissect this game, um, Dalen Terry and what he was able to do in the second half when Arizona kind of got in a lull and started to fall behind double digits, what Dalen Terry did could have very well been the difference in the game. Also, I just am tickled and charmed that he threw the Gatorade or water on a coach on a basketball court. Like, that's usually a football thing. And I just love that he didn't care. And he even said afterwards on the Pac-12 Network, if you watched the Pac-12 Network, they did the whole like post-game thing. And he said he was planning on doing it at McHale. And then he realized there were going to be additional opportunities to do it. And it's probably better to do it at the championship game. So he just doesn't give two Fs, basically. I actually threw water on Shelby as well at one point. I mean, we were throwing and screaming and jumping and not me very animated i actually anxiety cleaned our kitchen yeah it was good our house is spotless right now <laughs> i was like shell you got to sit down and watch the game she's like no i've got to clean the floor gotta do this i was mopping gotta was, mop. our tv is in our great room it's like i saw it anyway house is clean um 
What was the difference in the game tonight? Well, we already talked about Dale and Terry. So here's the thing. So Christian Coloco, uh, who I mentioned is the best defensive player in the world. I'm not exaggerating. Uh, he guarded he didn't guard anyone. He, he finished with four blocks, had 10 rebounds, four offensive, 13 points. But the biggest thing he did was guard Jaime Jaquez, who finished with 18 points and 10 rebounds and looked awesome. But it took him 17 shots to get 18 points. He was 6 of 17, didn't make a three. Uh, the decision, and I know we're going to get to coaching, so I, we'll talk about the decision in a minute. But what he is able to do, if you had any doubt how good this guy is defensively, he stood toe-to-toe with Kofi, Cock- Kofi Coburn sorry, <laughs> and defended him one-on-one better than anyone in the country. He contained and stopped Hunter Dickinson. He guarded Will Richardson at the end of the game, and Will Richardson couldn't even get a shot off. Okay? He, he, he guarded Jaime Juarez, who's obviously fantastic, right? And was, has been on fire. Was the national, national, not conference, national player of the week last week. Yep, Juarez is Six amazing. of 17. The dude can guard guards, forwards, centers, your mom, all of them. I mean, and, my mom's a lot, you know. Yeah, I don't want to guard your mom. Um, hopefully she doesn't listen to this. Anyway, She's he not. good. He is absolutely remarkable. And what he was able to do is just, like, the guy just impresses you every time. And I, 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 we could talk about Ben, and he's great. I feel like we talk about him every week, so let's go a little deeper. Adama Ball. Oh, Adama. Coming into this environment, and it was an environment. Like, you were in the Pac-12 title game in front of a ruckus crowd, even though it's your fans, in a high-pressure situation. You come in the game, you turn the ball over a few times, made a careless pass, but for him to have the confidence and make both threes, we've been, I've been saying this since he got on campus. Uh, it is, uh, he's, like, they love Adama Ball. He's just not there yet. Like, I know people are saying, oh, you should play more minutes, but... Um, you know, eventually, like, it's like, who's he playing getting minutes over, right? Like, the other guys are ahead of him. This is a kid where if he sticks with it, he's going to be one of the best players in the conference in a few years. Uh, what he was able to do in his nine minutes of action was absolutely fantastic. I mean, it, 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 he, he deserves plenty of compliments. Uh, Umar Balo didn't make Hello. a shot from the field, but finished with a career-high and Pac-12 single-game tournament record six blocks. Arizona had 11 blocks and had eight blocks in, uh, in the second half. Eight blocks in the second half. As a comparison, Shelby, you want to guess how many blocks UCLA had? Three. Now, remember that first meeting, it was the opposite, and that's why you, Arizona really struggled in that game. But, um, you know, those are the two guys, and I might as well talk about Ben. You know, what Ben did, um, it's funny. People are like, oh, where's Ben? I mean, 15 free throw attempts made 13, 27 points. Seven assists to two turnovers. Shit, I'm going to talk about everyone. Pella Larson, 8.6 rebounds, three assists. Uh, had a gorgeous pass. I mean, he, he's – it was everybody. It was an yeah. everybody effort. And even though Tubelis, his numbers don't necessarily show it, he had some big moments. He finished with nine points. But, you know, he's going to have his game too. You know, and that's what's incredible, incredible about this team is that everybody is a threat. And we can win without our point guard. We can win with two players in foul trouble. And it doesn't matter. And I think that any team, especially with the selection show happening tomorrow, 
should be very afraid of, of playing Arizona, even Gonzaga. And we'll get to Gonzaga oh a little bit right later. Right. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Anyway, so on to this game. Um, last night, I talked about it being a chess match, the way that Tommy Lloyd and the assistant coaches really uh, strategically planned these games out. How did that chess match play out tonight? Uh, I thought, and I don't think McCronin's a bad coach, I thought... Tommy Lloyd coached the shit yep. out of Mick Cronin tonight. He did. The biggest thing to me was putting Coloco and trusting Coloco to guard Hawkwest because UCLA is the type of team where there's two guys on that team. It's really hard for them to win when Hawkwest plays poorly and when Tiger Campbell plays poorly. They combined to go 12 of 32 from the field. One of nine from three. Okay. It is very hard for UCLA to win when that's happening. And they were able, obviously, to contain those two. UCLA only shot 42%. They don't turn the ball over because they run ISO. But Arizona took the paint away. I mean, 32 points in the paint isn't fantastic for UCLA. And they basically tried to force UCLA into a three-point shooting team, which UCLA isn't. It was 5 of 22. And even when UCLA got up 12 there weren't any real adjustments by UCLA. It was kind of like, here's our game plan, and we're going to go at it. And Arizona, I mean, like, look, if Dalen Terry is doing that over and over again and beating you off the dribble like that, eventually you got to make a move, and he didn't make the move. And um, uh, who was it after the game? Don McClain was like, look, like, eventually, like, I would have told Hawkwest to get out to the three-point line, dribble back out, and just drive at Coloco. Like, to try to take him off the dribble, which isn't easy. But, hey, that's your best shot because you're not posting the dude up. And it didn't. He, he didn't do it. He didn't do it. He tried to old man game him, and it it just didn't work. And, it you know, it's, it, it's a situation where Cronin didn't have any answers. Uh, I don't think he used his bench all that great. He still can't figure out the conundrum with Miles Johnson and Cody Riley because Cody Riley is better offensively and – Johnson is way better defensively, but both those guys had four fouls each and only played 18 and 15 minutes, 18 for Johnson, 15 for Riley. But um, trusting Terry to play the point and having Justin Kyer kind of sit out a little bit longer because Kyer didn't foul out. He finished with the four fouls in 13 minutes. But trusting Terry to run that point, um, you know, running up and down the floor, they had uh, 17 fast break points. They made UCLA play at their pace which is, and I, and I mention this every time they play UCLA, and there's a lot of teams like it. If you play at Arizona's pace, you're done. Yep, you I don't do care it. who you are. If, if, even if Arizona plays a team like Iowa, who's been on fire lately, if Iowa is going to play at Arizona's pace, they're going to lose. Yep. It, I don't care who it is. And so um, by forcing UCLA to play the, their pace and Tommy Lloyd putting Coloco on Hawkeyes, um, you can make an argument that that decision by itself really was the difference in the game. I also like that uh, Don McLean on Pac-12 Network even said 
that UCLA's conditioning was questionable because they couldn't hang with Arizona, especially yes. near the end. And that's true. And he, he even said that it could potentially be an issue for UCLA in the NCAA tournament, but he expected UCLA to have a deep run because they, you know, let's, I will give props, even though I really, I made my feelings clear at the beginning of this podcast. UCLA is damn good. Arizona is just better. Well, like I tweeted during the game, I was like, if someone told me that these were the two best teams in the country, I wouldn't put up a huge argument. Like, yeah, I really wouldn't. I, I mean, when UCLA is playing well and, and Arizona is playing well, they're, and you saw on Twitter from national guys, they're like, this is the game of the night. Like, this is high. Like, there was a part where they went back and forth and you were like, welcome, they're not defending. And, and people on the board were like, how come they're not defending? And eventually you just got to realize that these are two badass basketball teams right. going at each other. It has nothing to do with them not defending. These are just two high-level teams getting what they want. And, and people kind of mistake that sometimes. It's, oh, we're not doing this well. We're not doing that well. No, man. Like, these are just two good basketball teams playing good basketball. I mean, Hakwes had some really great shots tonight. Like, I was frustrated, of course. But there was really nothing Arizona could do. And he basically was trying to pick up the mantle and put the back the team on his back and give props where props are due. He did the best that he could, and he had some great shots. So it just wasn't good on enough. On Ken Palm, UCLA's uh, defense, if I remember correctly, uh, I think it lowered like four points or whatever. Wow. And Arizona's offense is now fifth in the nation. Yeah. Defense I... is 20. You want to be in the top 20 when the tournament starts. The tournament officially starts. Uh, there's some stat I need to look up because I don't have it on the top of my head. But if you want to win the title, you need to be in the top 20 in, uh, in both stats, which would be Gonzaga, Arizona, Baylor, Houston, and UCLA. I believe that's it in the entire country. One of those teams is going to win. Not that's Houston. Not Houston. But one of, the team, one of those teams you just mentioned is going to win. We know who we hope for. What do we expect on Selection Sunday and – before you answer that completely, here's, here's the chatter that started tonight on Twitter. Don McClay mentioned it. Matt Muehlbach mentioned it. Um, why isn't Arizona the number one overall uh, seed going into tomorrow, Jason? I think the biggest issue that Arizona has is that the Pac-12 sucks. And I know that people are going to say that the conference Gonzaga plays in also sucks. And I get that argument. Um, the problem is when you take a look at Gonzaga's schedule, they have a win over tournament team Texas. They beat UCLA. They lost to Duke by three. They lost to Alabama. They beat Texas Tech, tournament team. Uh, they beat San Francisco, tournament team. They beat St. Mary's, tournament team. They beat San Francisco twice, tournament team. They beat St. Mary's again. Like So their, their losses are to three tournament teams. That loss at Colorado could hurt Arizona. If Arizona had not lost at Colorado, I don't think there's an argument. But the Colorado loss is worse than any loss that Gonzaga has. Now, on the on, on the pro-Arizona side that, that I will always make, uh, Gonzaga didn't play on the road this year. Not one out-of-conference road game, right? Literally, not one. Their first actual road game was on January 15th at Santa Clara. They played at San Diego, at BYU, at Pepperdine, and then at San Fran and St. Mary's. 
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. They lost at St. Mary. So they lost one of their conference road games when they didn't play as many conference road games. Arizona went to Illinois, beat Illinois. If Tennessee wins the SEC tournament tomorrow, today, whatever, then Arizona's only losses to the SEC tournament champion and a Tennessee team who's playing some of the best basketball in the country. Yeah, they look good. Okay. They lost to UCLA. But they beat UCLA twice after that. Mm-hmm. And the loss was at UCLA. I think this is much closer than people think. With that being said, uh, it's not happening. <laughs> Gonzaga will be the number one overall seed. Arizona will be the number two overall seed. Uh, Kansas will be the number three overall seed. And I'm assuming Baylor will be the number four overall seed. Um, I think that's pretty locked up, to be honest with you. The twos, this tournament is going to, the seeding is going to get really weird because, like, let's look at, you know, what I mentioned last night. UCLA needs to be seeded ahead of Texas Tech in order to get San Diego, or it'll be Texas Tech and San Diego. Both teams lost. Texas Tech lost to Kansas. UCLA lost to Arizona. Is Texas Tech, I think there's like a, I think Texas Tech is one spot higher than UCLA in the net. The metrics, the losses, it's all pretty much the same. I think UCLA has less losses by Texas Tech. But the overall metric, so what do they do with UCLA? Are you really going to put UCLA as a four seed? Like, can you imagine if you're Gonzaga and you're the one seed and you got to face UCLA and San Francisco? Good. And the Sweet 16? At least UCLA would be useful. Like, can you just, like, that's, you? I mean, you're pissed if you're Gonzaga, right? And to me, because it's such a uh, a wild thing with the seeds, like A&M, if they, are they in now? Do they need to win the SEC tournament by beating Tennessee? What happens if Davidson loses tomorrow? Is Davidson in? And all of a sudden you got two A-10 teams, which is just stupid. Um, you know, what, it, it's, there's still a lot at play. And when I look at the tournament, and we'll break all this down once the brackets come out, the 8-9 game is super weird to me. It's it's going to be to the point where you will be able to likely make an argument that some of the 8 and 9 seeds are better than some of the 6 and 7s. I think it's that kind of tournament. Like North Carolina, I know they lost to Virginia Tech, who's on fire, but that's another team. Virginia Tech, are they officially in now? And if they're in, what seed are they? Are they a freaking 8 seed? Virginia Tech, one of the hottest teams in the country right now, are they an 8? So I, I had an Oregon fan that I joke with on Twitter say, I just assume Arizona is playing Duke in the second round. <laughs> He's like, because I'm always convinced that they screw over the West Coast teams. Well, that's be- well, I bring it on. Duke lost today, and they look like crap. So yeah, whatever. Well, Coach, Coach, you know. Oh, Coach K retired. Um, but I, I just think it's going to be a really weird deal. There's still a lot of basketball left to be played. Um but it's going to be I, – I think the seeding is going to be off for a lot of teams. Like Houston, for instance, their metrics are great. To me, they're a six seed, right? If there are three, it wouldn't surprise me because of metrics. So metrics is going to be a, a really big deal. 
So if you're asking me who I want, it's uh, my two seed. I want Wisconsin. They won't be a two seed. I don't want Kentucky as my two seed. So if you're asking me who I want, I might as well get into this, right? Sure. Uh, the two seed I would probably want the most would, would actually be Duke um, in the South. Uh, I, I believe Duke in the South is fine. I don't want Kentucky. I know Michael Luke always yells at me. Um, Joe Lunardi just updated his bracket as I'm talking. Want to guess what 8-9 game he has? What? TCU Seton Hall. That's not bad, actually. I'll take that. But, yeah, he has two Duke. Three Tennessee, four Houston, five Providence. Yeah, so, like, I want Houston. That's cool. I want Providence. That's cool. I'll take Duke over my two or Auburn. Um, that's cool. You know, I'm good with that. So, it's teams like that. But, like, you look at the 8-9 games, like I was just sh- saying, and Lunardi's not right all the time, but, like, he has Gonzaga versus Murray State, San Diego State. That's not an easy 8-9. He has Baylor versus Creighton in North Carolina. That's not an easy 8-9. Uh, he has Kansas versus Memphis or Marquette. Memphis is playing some of the best basketball in the country. But then the 7, let's, like, let's just take a look at the Midwest. He has USC as a 7. I think Memphis is better than USC right now. Like, it just – so it's going to be one of those situations where – um, you're going to see some 8-9s. Like Creighton in North Carolina, the 8-9 in the East. He has Ohio State as a 7. Ohio State sucks right now. So it's going to be interesting. And then, like, depending on what happens, like North Carolina is an 8-9 right now, but if there's a couple upsets, they're dropping to a 10. So it's, I mean, it, it's it's very intriguing. Um, but look, we saw how Arizona played. So the reality is whoever, Arizona can beat them if they're playing their game. That's it. Arizona's going to be favored no matter who they play in the first two games. And Kirk Kreese, um should probably play. I have a feeling he doesn't play the first game. Or he plays, and this is just going off gut. I can see him playing like 10 minutes in the first game. Yeah, just give it, it Give it a run, see how it goes, and see how he feels. Get some shots up type of deal, you know what I mean? Yeah. So we're going to do, we. it's a busy week, man. Because they, what they did is they changed the women's selection show to tomorrow also. And then I believe Tommy Lloyd is going to have a presser tomorrow. And so is Adia Barnes back-to-back selection shows. There's going to be a player's press conference before we go to San Diego. If you're listening to this and you still don't believe me that Arizona's going to San Diego, I can't help you anymore. They're going to San Diego. I feel like everyone's saying that. So if you're not believing it yet, you miss getting a hotel room already. I will say, I don't know what's happening after that. My gut tells me the South, which would be San Antonio. But shit could get weird. Midwest. It could go Midwest if Kansas, you know, who knows? I don't think it will. I think it'll be in the South and Kansas will be in the Midwest. That's my guess. That makes the most sense. But? This is going to be, no matter what happens, there's going to be some angry people. Some, you know, some people that are going to, teams that are going to think that they should have been in like usual. But especially this year, it's going to get weird. Also, I love it. As I've said before, I love it when the broadcasters, right after things get revealed, start really delving into it. And they literally hold the committee head guy like to the feet to the fire and are just spluttering their outrage. I think that's like the best moment of like the whole day is those outrage broadcasters. So I look forward to that. It's going to be fun. It's Jason's favorite day of the year. I'll let it go. And here's the thing. I'm going to take a minute to, I think I just start cramping. Uh, <laughs> it's a good sign. Do you need to take a moment? Um, something I want to say here, and, and you were kind of laughing at the end of the game, 
I got a little, I didn't, I wasn't crying, I didn't but laugh. I got sure. a little choked up. Jason got a little, and I don't, it doesn't happen. Never. It really doesn't. Like Shelby gets mad at me that I'm not emotional enough after losses. Like I don't really mind him. He's like a very straight and narrow reporter, guys. He's Jason Shear, <laughs> crack Arizona men's basketball but, reporter. Um, like if I, I think for the entire family, you guys all know I, I love Sean Miller and all that, and I'll never say anything bad about him. And this has nothing to do with him in the big picture. But the last five years, whatever, since the Buffalo year, has been pretty awful to be an Arizona basketball fan. It uh, it has not been fun. Um, the kids on the team went through a lot of crap. The program went through crap. You guys listening to through this um, heard a lot of crap from people all over the country. And at the end of the day, uh, it is fun again, and hopefully in the near future, uh, to be an Arizona basketball fan. And I appreciate all of you guys sticking with me um, in really a dark time in Arizona athletics between basketball struggle and the Kevin Sumlin era. Uh, it feels like things are shifting or have shifted back in Arizona's favor. And uh, I just wanted to take a minute and say thank you to everyone who, uh, who stuck by us. And if you want to join the community, uh, feel free to do that at wildcatauthority.com. But uh, again, just wanted to thank everyone, including my wife. As Tommy Lloyd thanked his wife, I will also thank my wife oh, thanks, thanks. Uh, for sticking with me through a lot of uh, shitty times to report. Yeah, getting phone calls from coaches when we're in the car on the way to dinner or getting phone calls from coaches when we're at an important child function at school. And, you know, he has to go take those calls and start reporting news and working sources. And, I, you know, there's a lot of people that always say, this is my dream job to Jason. And I will say that anyone that thinks that this is your dream job, like the work behind the scenes, it's not glamorous just because you have the head coach's phone number in your phone. Like, you you know, like that's a working relationship. And Jason does an amazing job and he's very good at it and he loves it or he wouldn't be so good at it. And so well, I'm proud good. of you too, babe. And, and also, no, we didn't, we have to say a couple of thank yous. Thank you to Ben. For going to the Pac-12 tournament. My, my turn. Thank you to the SWAC. Oh, the SWAC. Texas Southern in a blowout. Uh, yeah. Look, I'm going to tell you right now. When it is announced tomorrow that Arizona, as the one, is facing Texas Southern in the 16, I'm telling you right now, there is no one more ready to break down Arizona SWAC opponent than Jason Shear. We've been watching the whole time. Johnny Jones is the coach's Texas. Yeah, I knew that. Top of the dome, honey. Texas Southern. Arizona played Texas Southern years ago. Was that in San Diego? Well, all roads lead back to San Diego. Anyway, I was trying to be nice. Sorry, to ben. go ahead. I'm gonna look. Thank this up you, now. Ben. I know you were, you know, partnered with Mike, Michael Luke, and you guys had a great time. But we appreciate you for going, and we definitely couldn't do it without some really great uh, support. Jason's like furiously looking up stats right now for you. No, it's gonna. It was. It was in, in 2016, okay, or 15. Arizona won 85 to 63. But where was the damn game? Anyway, whatever. Irrelevant. Arizona, we're very proud Remember, of Arizona is starting a SWAC. 
No, the Pac-12 signed a contract with the SWAC. I'm dead serious. Remember, ASU is playing Texas Southern next year, and Arizona is playing Southern. That was Larry Scott's last move. Oh, Larry Scott. Oh, and speaking of the commissioner of Pac-12. Oh, it was in Portland. That's right. It was in Portland. Oh, you went there and you hated in it. In 2000. <laughs> I hate Portland. Jason hates Portland. In 2015, 93 to, uh, to 72. Anyway. Ronde had 23 and 10, Shelby. The Pac-12, the current Pac-12 commissioner, I don't know, was it like several days ago, said it. It would be better if Arizona did. Well, win. Arizona and UCLA, because then the Pac-12 would get another team in, which I get, and I completely understand the the philosophy, business logic of it. But as the commish, you can't be saying stuff like that. But today, and I told Shelby, I go, Arizona's actually pissed about this. They handed out white Pac-12 shirts. First of all, ain't no dude in the world outside of a worker or an employee of the Pac-12 is wearing a Pac-12 T-shirt. With that being said. That's my favorite line now. That's like the second or third time now. You cannot hand out t-shirts at a neutral championship game that are the literal color, and I don't care what color Arizona was wearing. It is the literal color of one of the schools that is playing. And when Dale and Terry went on Twitter and said, I heard it's going to be white. I need fans to wear red and blue. I was like, why is he tweeting this? Of course they're going to wear red and blue. And then it made sense. And then Arizona Athletics tweets an hour before the game, wear red. People were like pissed. Like this was a thing. I mean, it wasn't like, this is the end of the world, like, F the Pac-12, but it was absolutely a thing where it's like, what are we doing at a neutral game handing out t-shirts? Do you know what this reminds me of? What, Shelby? This reminds me of, like, this microaggression, and I'm I'm not getting, you know, I'm not getting on a soapbox here, but like, like, if you ever had a job that you hate, and your boss is just, like, constantly bullying you, you know, just these slight microaggressions all the time. Women face it all the time in the workplace, but anyone has faced this all the time and it always just feels like the pac-12 these little slights these little digs these little you know backstabbings to arizona and it's bullshit so one thing that was really great tonight is there was no sea of white that the the you know the pac-12 wanted because arizona fans decided you know we're gonna revolt we don't like the pac-12 especially after they what they did to sean miller several years ago we just are not gonna cooperate and it was awesome because on TV, it just was like a great patchwork, mostly of red. So thank you all to the Arizona fans that traveled up to McHale North, as the announcers kept saying a bajillion times. Um, but yeah, so cheers to the Pac-12 commission tonight. You didn't get what you wanted. I like that. UCLA is going to be in the NCAA tournament. Arizona would have had to play like Oregon or somebody tonight. And then lost so that the other Pac-12 team would have been in to, like, match his little business model. Whatever. I'm just bitter. But I'm letting it go because Arizona won. And we're the winners. We are the champions. Oh, my God. Come here right now. Sorry, guys. That was my little rant. Right now. (laughs) Anyway, this is our second podcast of the day. Today is, what is today? I don't even know. March 12th, right? March 12th? March 13th? (laughs) I don't know. All the days blended together, but we appreciate you. We are super excited about tomorrow and the NCAA tournament. And that's about it. Longest podcast ever. Well, I don't think so. Last no. night was 26. No, this is way longer. Is this one really long? Yeah. And now we're going to live take you through Cal State Fullerton, <laughs> Long Beach State, with a minute 26 left, Diedrich Taylor. 
We're still watching basketball. Are you watching basketball? Because we are committed to this life. No, we're not. Anyway, with that being said, bear down, as Iron Mike Luke would say, back the A. Bear down. It's going to be a fun week. A tiring week, but a good week. Yes. Bear down. Good night. Pop quiz, favorite French people, go. Tony Parker. Right, he's number two, and then who's number one? Adama Ball. Correct.